is Trey, bringing you episode three of Tracking Our History. We won't be riding a tank anywhere today. We will be talking with Dennis Dowdell. Dennis is the brother of a good friend, and unfortunately, he did not make it home. I want to provide a little backstory before we get into this interview. Stephen Dowdell and I went through boot camp, infantry training regiment, tank school, and off to Nam together. It turned out that Steve's home was not terribly far from mine, and so our friendship grew. We shared some of the same teenage haunts and amusement parks. I am sure you all understand how friendships like that are built. At some point in time, Steve and I agreed that if anything happened to either of us, the other would seek out the family and visit for a while. And so this is the story of how that unfolded. This is going to be a bit of an unusual interview today. Allow me to introduce a special guest, Dennis Dowdell. Dennis is the brother of one of my closest boot camp friends, Stephen Dowdell. Private First Class Stephen Dowdell was killed on July 28, 1969. Due to circumstances, Stephen had spent most of his tour in Vietnam in the military police, we had only a few days left in country before this last operation when Steve returned to us as a tank crewman. In fact, this was Stephen's first and only operation in Vietnam. Hurricanes are blowing. I know the end is coming soon. Well, hi, Dennis, and welcome to our podcast on USMC tanks in Vietnam, tracking our history. Thanks, uh, Tree. I appreciate uh, just uh, honored to you know be a part. And, uh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I want, our, I want our audience to know this is a very intense and sensitive topic and that you are free to answer as much or as little as you choose. Also, please take whatever time you need to answer these questions. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you and Stephen growing up in Southern California. Uh, well, Steve and I were like just uh, 17 months apart in age. So he was uh, 17 months older than I was. And uh, just, um, you know, we're about as different as night and day. I mean, the, you know, uh, I, we've talked a little bit before, Trey, but, uh, you know, just... Uh, you know, he, he was the athletic, uh, competitive, uh, you know, driven guy. And, um, and I was just the easy going, take it easy, uh, kind of a person. And so, uh, you know, growing up, I mean, basically, you know, we, we had our fights all the time and, <laughs> um, that type of thing, you know, I guess that's just kind sure. of typical for the most part, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, as he got, uh, got into high school and stuff like that, he really got into sports, especially track. Yeah. Uh, loved track and field, and he was good. I mean, he ran the two twenty quarter mile and the you know four hundred quarter mile type deal, and uh, was really good. Uh, would have been one of the top in the school had there not been some all American uh, athletes who set you know state records and stuff like that. Uh, wow. You know, that, he was right there. Yeah. And um, anyway, uh, he was uh, always anxious, wanted to be able to get out get his own lifestyle and he had uh so he moved out i guess when i was about 17 and um 
which was fine for me because you know I had my uh, I had the room there because we we had shared a room all those years uh-huh, yeah. for our whole lives. <laughs> you know, yeah. one bed on one side, one bed on the other. So uh, anyway, I mean that was, that was pretty much it. He went out and he started working, and uh, then he realized that uh, working was pretty tough. <laughs> he, was working, <laughs> yeah. he, was work, he was working in a factory, in a metal factory. And it's, you know, all I remember is when he'd come home or come over for dinner or whatever. And it was like his hands were always cut up and stuff like Ooh. that, you know. But uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so, I mean it was it was a different type of a deal, yeah. you know. I mean, as far as what our interests were, and you know, and that type of thing. Sure. Sure. So, if you could share with us your thoughts when Steve committed to become a Marine, if, how did how did he announce that? Since he was living away, how did he announce that to the family? You know, actually, I really don't remember uh, a particular event time, whether it was a dinner or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the interesting part was, and uh, was that I I wanted to become a Marine. I mean, my, I, I was seriously, my, my big choice and uh, deliberation was do I go through the PLC program in Quantico uh-huh. uh, or do I go through the enlisted band? And I was thinking, you know, if I'm in the enlisted program, I'd want to be a, I'd want to be a drill, uh, DI, drill instructor. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it was kind of the back and forth, but I think, well, it might be better to actually be in the officer program and mm-hmm. for a career later and blah, 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 you know. And especially if I'm going to make a career of it, you know, I might as well do it that direction. So, sure. you know, but that was kind of the decisions. But, I mean, I was I was gung-ho crazy Marine. I mean, I had all the posters, I mean, wall-to-wall posters <laughs> in the room. I probably had to wait for Steve to leave before I could put those up, <laughs> you know. And I'm sure he thought I was nuts, you know. I mean, there's <laughs> <laughs> you know, he probably thought I was nuts anyway, but, uh, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, so that was it. I mean, the, the first, uh, uh, two books that I read, first one was the, uh, Huckleberry Finn, you know, uh, with sure. Tom Sawyer, yeah. but the second book I read in my entire life was The Life of Chesty Puller. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, was, uh, seriously, the second book I ever read in my life, you know? <laughs> So uh, anyway, I was just gung ho like crazy. Steve had uh, zero interest, to my knowledge. Uh, and but I think when he saw the uh, all the work and, and how little money that he made, and and he wasn't really been able to do anything, I think uh, my impression was that the Marines was going to be an escape, yeah. uh, and be able to at least point him in a direction so that he could come out and create a better life for himself. Sure. Sure. So, so, well, that, that, that sort of begs the question then, how did, when, did you feel like you were aced out by him when he went in? Oh no. I mean, you know, hey, man, I thought wow, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, if anything, I thought, you know, maybe this might be something that could then draw us closer. You know, I mean, a lot of people, sure. they don't get close to their siblings until, you know, they get into adulthood. And I don't sure. know, maybe this, you know, might be the deal. Sure. sure. And, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was excited for him. I thought, hey, yeah. why not? It, it would have been interesting to have seen you as an officer and him as an enlisted man. Um, yeah, that, that could have been real interesting. <laughs> Talk about a flip. As he was... 
so competitive, you know. I'm, I'm sure he would let me know that I didn't know half of what I thought he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no imagine. uncertain terms. Yeah. <laughs> so did you see him when he returned from boot camp? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, we went uh, we went down for the graduation, and, um, and yeah. it was great, uh, down MCRD in San Diego. Right, right. And... Uh, you know, so so it was uh, it was just a, a great experience, and you know you could tell he, he was proud and uh, you know was excited, and uh, and then um, then he went through um, you know his uh, uh, what do they call it the uh, training there at MCRD? I mean at uh, Camp Pendleton. Camp ITR infantry infantry yeah. training, right? So uh, yeah, so he went through his ITR initial ITR there at yeah. uh, uh, Pendleton. Right. And then I'm not sure if he went through tank school there or went somewhere else, but but we did see him a couple of times um, when he was uh, at Pendleton because it wasn't that far away. Yeah, it was and, uh, uh, school's battalion. It was on Delmar. It, it, it's right on the ocean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So we did. We we had a couple of chances to go down and uh, see him there, and uh, you know you could tell that. I mean, just those initial few months literally changed his life. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I mean, just all of a sudden, uh, understanding, I think, just, the, you know, the disciplines, the impact that it has, and and just probably his own self-confidence as to what he could do. I mean, he was a great athlete, yeah. but I think, uh, you know, just... Uh, you know, seeing what it was like to be a part of something really significant other than a, a sports team. Yeah. Uh, something that was significant and real teamwork, you know, and then I, you know, so I think that was impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, when you were speaking about drill instructor and then you talked about this other, I thought, you know, when, when, when you go in, they kind of break everything down and then rebuild you into a team and there is a great deal of pride on that last day when you graduate and they, they, the drill instructors pin the Eagle Globe and Anchor on your, on your collar. And for the first time, uh, because you've always been a boot or a whole lot worse, um, they call, they call you Marine. And, and yeah, so I can understand that that's a real, you know, proud, proud moment that uh, you become member of the family, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he was proud and we were proud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, real proud. I'm just thinking, man, I'm going to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point in time, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, did, was, there, was there a time when you guys discovered that he was then headed to Vietnam? Well, I mean, it was just kind of the assumption. I mean, everybody in town, I mean, that, that was basically it was the only place to go it would have been a surprise if he wasn't going to Vietnam oh okay, okay. so I mean it was pretty much anticipated which um, you know I think was my mom's concern but I do we just figured that's that's just had you know that's that's what the situation is yeah I wanted to yeah I wanted to touch on that how did your how did your parents feel about about the end result of all that training well, I mean, I think same thing. I mean, you know, I think they're just, you know, proud of him just that he had accomplished something. You know, my dad had, uh, you know, spent uh, four years in the Navy. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and he was, 
he was a uh, chief engineer in the engine room. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, he basically, well, he ran the engine room, whatever title that it is, I don't know. But, right, uh, right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he was real proud and, he, you know, he, he had a, a little of an inkling as to, you know, what he went through in the, during the sure. training and that kind of stuff. So, sure. uh, yeah, they, I mean, they were just proud as a peacock about it. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Um, okay. So we're going to, we're going to cross over here for just a second and, 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 um, touch on a couple of probably some kind of serious stuff. Um, who was home, or or do you know who was home, when uh, the, Steve's death was, or the notification of Steve's death came? Well, um, my older sister, she, she hadn't been living at home, but I, my, my recollection is that, uh, you know, my younger sister and mom and dad, uh, that we were all home. Okay. And um, I just remember, for some reason, being in the living room. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the car pulling up and, uh, and you know, we kind of lived on a busy street, so there wasn't a whole lot of people would park on the street. Right. right. And, uh, you know, my mom looked out the window You okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, go ahead. When you see it, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, so it was, it, yeah, I can, I can well imagine as soon as that, yeah. Um, was it just, was it both an officer and an enlisted or two officers or? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, don't remember. Recall. Did, did I they get, a, I believe there's one of them was an enlisted, but, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Did they get a chance to come in and talk with you at all? Oh yeah. No, I mean, they, they came in and, um, you know, just uh, share. But I, I think they were, my, my recollection is they were there for a while. I yeah. mean, if you knew my mom and dad, I mean, yeah. you know, they, there's the initial breakdown and, yeah. and uh, you know, the whole thing. But, um, you know. So you, you'd had no word whatsoever at that point? No. Would, I mean, uh, we had, we hadn't heard. I mean, I don't know if if my dad had or, or what, but um, just from my mom's reaction when the car pulled up, I yeah, you know, assuming yeah. that she hadn't heard anything either. You know, our understanding is he would have been home in thirteen days, which means he only had a few days in country because you still right. have a was it a 10, 14 day trip to get home. Yeah, right, right. Did he get a chance to write home and tell everyone that he finally made it to Tanks? Um, I don't remember hearing that uh, in, a, in a letter. You know, our right. most of the letters I remembered were when he first got over there that he was ticked off that he got pulled from Tanks, right, and that they put him in the MPs and he just dreaded it. You know, I mean, the hours and the, the you know, the the people that he had to deal with. And I mean, he just, he, he hated it so yeah, much. Yeah. He, he so much. He, I, I think he was, he was just in a constant perpetual uh, uh, appeal and applying to <laughs> yeah. uh, get back to tanks. I mean, yeah. He just, uh, and, and he did mention that he talked with you guys. Yeah. 
you know, because, uh, I mean, he would, uh, you know, if he got out, whatever the case, I mean, he didn't want to spend time with the MPs. He wanted to go spend time with you guys. Yeah, yeah, and he did uh, with some frequency. <laughs> did he? He was, he was, and when he finally got up there, he was so happy. I, I you know, uh, it, it, it's, you get so few really upbeat moments but that was one of them. He it was it was like he had been unchained and was freed and 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 now he was just where he wanted to be. So it was it, it was it was an interesting. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, were you ever told that there was a memorial service for them at uh, Charlie Two? Yeah, I. something that had uh, taken place over there yeah but uh, until we uh, got reconnected with you the, we never heard anything we just heard yeah. that there was yeah yeah they had uh, uh, apparently from what <clears throat> and this is this is by word of mouth uh, Grady uh, my driver uh, had had heard that they were going to do that and he tried he was on on the hospital ship and he tried for, for everything he could to get off the ship and get over there to Charlie too. And they just wouldn't let him go. So he, he missed it. Um, but so we, but, but, and I've had several people talk about that, that, and it was, a my understanding is a fairly moving service. So as would, I wouldn't expect anything less from, from the guys that knew everyone and knew Steve and, and, and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, it's been 50 years now, actually probably 51 or 52, uh, yeah. but um, well, this is a tough question for me to ask. What What's your sense of those years without your brother? Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, it, I, I guess one of those kind of uh, strange things because we weren't close. We never really spent a lot of time. He had different friends that, mm-hmm. that I did. Um, uh, I, I think most of the sense was just the fact that um, how it changed the course of my life. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I went from wanting to be a, a career man yeah. uh, to <clears throat> not going in. Yeah. You know, and, and it was, uh, you know, after a while, you know, my mom said, uh, you know, she said, Dennis, she said, listen, she says, if, if you really want to go in, you can go in and they can kill you or I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just, well, listen, I got it. You yeah, know, listen, yeah. I, there's no way I could do that. I mean, I, you know, oh, yeah, I know. You see what it does for a person, and that's something that it, it never goes away. I mean, as yeah. long as I can remember, it was as vivid, you know, 20 years later as it was the first day. I mean, you just don't take that, you know, you don't get that out of your head. Yeah. You know, I guess, it, I guess it's kind of like a mother's PTSD type situation. Oh, yeah. I'm you know, it's to... just there. You've got to learn how to handle it. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I just, uh, you know, there's just no way that I could do that. So it, it literally caused me to have to take a change in career and try to figure out what North I was going to do with my life. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, but I did often wonder, you know, uh, and I thought at different times, gosh, man, I'd, I'd be halfway through, you know what I, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and I, I remember when I mean, uh, when I turned, uh, 50, I thought, dang, man, I mean, uh, I'd had 30 years in now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, you think about that and, and I've always, you know, I mean, uh, and I just, I love our, our soldiers. I love our, you know, yeah. defenders of freedom. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, uh, and I spent time going different places and, you know, I'd still go down to Pendleton yeah. and get on a military base or anything I could anytime I could, you know. Sure. Well, I want you yeah. to know that, that you are a member of our family. I've always considered you, your family and Captain Wunsch's family and, um, Colton's family to be part of the Tankers Association. That that it's just you know you are you are forever part of us because of the things that happened and and you you are tied to us. To be honest with you, so. Okay. Well, let's say this uh, before we go. Let me leave you with this thought. When I returned, I spent several months in the hospital. And when I started to seek out Steve's family, I discovered all my belongings, including addresses, were lost somewhere between the States and Nam. I continued for 50 years to look for Steve. When out of the blue, Dennis's nephew, right? He's your nephew. Yeah, Shane. Yeah, yeah Shane. Contacted me. We ended up in an all-day session at our ranch in Santa Maria laughing and crying and telling stories. After everyone left, I stood out in the darkness and looked at the star-studded sky. In a flash, I could see Steve smiling and hear him say, Semper Fitri. Thank you, Dennis, for your time and your story. Rest assured that Steve will be remembered by all of us in the Vietnam Tankers Association, but especially by me. Would you like to share any final words with our friends? Well, just, uh, I just wanted to say thank you, uh, Tree, just for your commitment and to uh, keep the memories alive and, uh, you know, the cause and the purpose, uh, you know, is, uh, is so valid. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I just am so grateful for all the men uh, who participated and, uh, in a very unpopular war but something that what most people don't understand was uh it was necessary even if it wasn't necessary it was a necessary thing that happened yeah and uh and, and uh, so i'm just so proud and i, I you know the, i think uh the the warriors and the soldiers of uh, vietnam are my most cherished hmm. uh because they got the least credit for the you know, their commitment to their country, their flag, and to us. Yeah. And um, and so I hold them in the highest regard because of that, because they, they stood up. And, um, you know, so. On behalf of everybody, I say thank you very much. Okay, well, this is but one of two interviews with family members of Marines who served with 3rd Tanks Alpha Company. A few interviews down the road, we will hear from another family. Ordinarily, I would end up with something like, 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Instead, what I really want to say is I hope you have gained a better understanding of what it is like to wait for 13 months, only to be frustrated at the end for the rest of your life. Well, next episode is episode four with John Weir. John is the president of the Vietnam Tankers Association. There should be some great information to glean out of that interview. John is a fascinating storyteller. See you then. And so it goes.